Let me say hello and welcome. It's good to be here together tonight. In case you haven't noticed, a little bit of a different service tonight. We're singing some carols. We're celebrating Christmas. You'd be mad to not understand that. And how good has the music been? Can we just give them a bit of love? I swear there's a little bit of John Mayer in there. That was pretty tasty. Now, I'm just going to do a short talk. Because um, it's a different kind of service tonight. And can I just say, kids, you've been doing such a good job singing. Um, and I'm going to, uh, hopefully you can follow what I'm about to say now. Do your best. It won't go for very long. Um, but parents, don't stress if your kids are making noise. It's beautiful to have them in with us tonight for this moment. Um, now, it's a few days early, but I still kind of feel like I need to say it anyway. Are you ready? Merry Christmas. How about you say Merry Christmas back to me? We'll try it again. Ready? Merry Christmas. Good stuff. Well done. Um, we, my job right now is to try to help us move from the song that we just sang to the next song that we're just about to sing. So what was the song that we just sang then? Away in a Manger. And the next song we're about to sing is Amazing Grace. So what I'm going to attempt to do is to make the connection between Away in a Manger and Amazing Grace. And we've got a slide there. That's what I'm going to try and do. I'm just going to take a few minutes to do it because you may never have made the connection before. You see, the first one, Away in a Manger, it's got lyrics that are kind of lovely. Lyrics like this, the little boy Jesus lay down his sweet head and fell asleep on the hay And it's all just a little bit lovely, isn't it? But then you get to Amazing Grace and it talks about things like how I'm a wretch. What are the lyrics? I've been, God saved a wretch like me. I once was blind, but now I see. That sounds pretty kind of serious and heavy. So how do you make the connection between the Bethlehem nativity that's kind of sweet and quaint And you can almost kind of get into it in a way that's just sentimental. How do you move from that to something that's real and personal and life-changing for adults today? Because there is a connection and it's a big one, but it's entirely possible to miss it. It's actually really easy to miss the significance of Away in a Manger, the Bethlehem Nativity. And I'll tell you how easy it is. Simply get caught up in how mesmerizingly sweet the nativity is. And to illustrate, I've got myself a little, um, I don't know what it's called. What is this thing? It's a little music box thing? Music box? Is, is it called something else, people? But just listen to this for a minute and see if this mesmerizes you. I'll flick it on. See if you can hear it. Just love, isn't that just lovely? I can, I can see the little baby Jesus, and there's Mary and Joseph. And look, there's three wise men, not four, and there's a sheep, and even a Christmas tree. Let's hear it for a man away in a manger. I do that because your Christmas can entirely just be that. 
and you can just get lulled into the mesmerizing sweetness of a beautiful little quaint scene and you can be like, that's enough for me, that'll do. And if that's all you get from the Bethlehem nativity, you're missing the big thing. So I'm going to try and point out two things today, just two things about the Bethlehem nativity to help us understand the significance, the big thing about it that's life-changing for us today. What do you reckon? Is that going to work? We'll give it a go. Here's the first thing, and I've got a picture to help you understand it. Um, It's a picture of the Bethlehem nativity, and I tell you what, it's kind of hard to find a picture that's realistic. A lot of the pictures we've got are just really polished and a little bit too fake, but this was the most honest one I could find. It's still a bit staged. But what can you see there? Because I tell you what I want you to see. (laughs) I want you to see something that's fragile and frail and feeble. Something that's kind of vulnerable and needy. You got Mary, she's a teenage, poor, unmarried girl giving birth. And there's public shame associated for her in that. You got Joseph, he's too poor to even be able to provide shelter for his birthing partner and a midwife to help support. The only support structures he's got there in that scene is a bunch of animals staring on. They give birth in a farm shed, which is basically camping out in a dirty, dusty place, only animals around. And you've got Jesus, there's no baby clothes, just rags. There's no cot, it's just an animal feeding trough. To me, the whole scene yells, help help. We don't know what we're doing. We're scared. We're vulnerable. We're needy. And I tell you what, if you can catch that, and I don't know if the photo does it for you, but if you think about the details, can you see how the Bethlehem nativity yells help? And can you catch that piece? Can you catch that point and allow that to point you towards a big truth about humanity? about you and about me, because here's the big truth that you can be directed to. Humans are frail, fragile, feeble, vulnerable and needy. We're in desperate need of serious help, actually. Not just a bit of advice and a bit of guidance. Humans need rescue because humans are crippled by this thing called sin And what that means is that you live in a broken world surrounded by broken people with a broken heart yourself. And what that means is we are fragile and we are vulnerable. I mean, if there's ever been a year that helps us remember that, it's 2020, isn't it? What a cracker of a year to bring the reality of how fragile we really are to the surface and stick it in our faces. We've been knocked around this year, some a lot more than others. Despite our structures and our knowledge and our wealth, we were so easily overcome by fire and flood and a worldwide pandemic. But I tell you what, it's not just this year we've had. I think it's Christmas every year that can be a powerful reminder of our vulnerable neediness. Think about this with me for a moment. Don't you think Christmas has a funny way of reminding us about our neediness? Family get-togethers, they can be awkward, they can be full of challenge, 
because there's often broken and dysfunction elements in there. Of course, none of the family members you're sitting with just in this moment, it's the other family members. On Christmas, at Christmas time, the police and the Ambos say every year it's their biggest time of the year, unfortunately because of drunken domestic disputes. So often, for families to attempt to get together, there needs to be a lot of alcohol and it leads to carnage as the reality of what's happening in us comes out. The Lifeline service gets more calls on Boxing Day than any other day of the year, which tells you something, doesn't it? Despite Christmas holding out for us hope and and, and the idea that we're meant to feel joy, the reality for so many is this truth about desperate, dark, neediness bubbling to the surface and so many people don't know how to handle it. It's heavy. We are ultimately fragile and needy spiritually. You know, lurking behind the physical and visible neediness is the spiritual neediness, the hearts that are just far from God and want to wander from him. And the wandering of human hearts means ignoring and rejecting and refusing him. And the consequences that come for that are an eternity apart from God and his goodness. That's how you get to amazing grace. Those lines, I was blind, but now I see. I was lost, but now I'm found. To be blind and lost is to refer to humanity, the reality for you and I, crippled by sin. We're going to sing a song in just a moment that got that line, long lay the world. You know that one? Oh, holy night. It says, long lay the world in sin and error pining. You and I are part of a world that's pining in our brokenness and in our sin and we pine until the appearing of Jesus who helps our souls feel its worth. We'll sing it in just a minute. But just on this first point, and then I'll get to the second one. Are you still with me? The first point simply this. Can you notice and acknowledge in this Bethlehem nativity scene fragile, feeble, vulnerable neediness? And can you allow that to point you to a truth about yourself and the whole of humanity, which is that we too are very vulnerable. We are very fragile. We are needy because of sin and in desperate need of rescue. Because I tell you what, if you can, and many of you make that connection easily because you've been doing this for years, and if you can, then that just makes sense of a God who comes to save and rescue a God who does that at great expense to himself. So there's the first thing. I hope that made sense. I've got one more for you. Are you still with me? You, you look like you're doing well. Yep. So there's the first point. The second one's like the opposite of that point. There might be things you noticed about the fragile neediness of nativity. Now, what about right down the other end of the spectrum? Here's the second point I want to make. It's this. Can you see that it's also Awesome. Awesome. Do you guys know that word, the word awesome? I'll explain that in just a minute. The word awesome has got two parts, awesome. Do you know what the word awe means? Do you know what it means to be in awe of something? It basically means to just go, wow. 
just to be gobsmacked. I don't know if you know that word. It's to have your, your mouth just drop open and go, are you kidding? That is incredible. Can you see something that's incredible, something that's amazing, something that's awesome about the Bethlehem scene? Because the way you see it is by zooming out like this picture shows us. Come out from Mary and Joseph and you'll see some visitors. You'll see some guests who have come and they are in awe of what they're looking at. They bow down and worship. They offer gifts because they're so amazed and so excited about what they're seeing. Now, you guys know who these characters in the picture are. On the left, you've got some shepherds there, some shady, shabby shepherds. They're the first ones to arrive, which is interesting because they're the kind of shady characters you wouldn't be inviting into the hospital room when you've got a newborn. But the Lord actually, through the angels, direct shepherds to arrive first, which tells you something about who God comes for. Shepherds are there and the angels have directed them to come and see something amazing that's just gone down, the birth of this child. But it's not just shepherds, it's also wise men. I think that's what's on the right there, these wise men. Um, it just says wise men in the Bible. There's not necessarily three. There might have been four. So the skit you saw tonight, maybe there was four wise men. Um, we know that there was at least three gifts, but these are powerful, wealthy men from a foreign land who through their knowledge of astrology, interestingly enough, pagan astrology, are directed to follow a star. That God directs them there, that they would come and celebrate and pay homage um, to the arrival of the king, the real king. Now something, this, just as a little aside, you may already know this, but the wise man probably shouldn't be there in that scene because the wise man came from a foreign land. It took them months, maybe even a whole year to get there. And by the time the wise man arrived, it was probably about a year and Mary and Joseph and Jesus by that time are in a house and Jesus is a little one-year-old running around just like Lua? How old's Lua? Almost two. Okay, there you go. Nailed it. So like half version of Lua is the baby Jesus. But anyway, we'll have him in the picture anyway because it helps us understand things. But if you want to get super accurate about it, go home and get to your nativity scene, pull the wise man out and just put him down the way a little bit. They're on their way, but they're not there yet. But they come and they bow down and they offer gifts. The big thing I want you to see is the visitors who come are people in awe of what they're seeing. Why are they in awe? What's so amazing about a baby being born? Thousands of babies born every day. Now, don't get me wrong, they're a gift. Babies are an absolute gift. But what's so amazing about this baby? Well, this one's the Lord. He's the Lord of the universe. This baby is actually the, and he, you've got to catch this, this baby that's born is the creator and sustainer and ruler over all things. That's what they're looking at. And you actually get that language in the Away in a Manger song because it doesn't just say the baby Jesus asleep on the hay. It says the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Sometimes back in history, they've tried to do pictures that represent that this baby is actually the Lord. Have you ever seen any of those pictures? You go back to Renaissance kind of era and you actually see the baby Jesus looking like a little man child kind of sitting up in the manger with his arms out and he's got like a halo over his head. I probably should have found a picture of that for you so we could have a giggle. I don't have one. But can you picture the little baby Jesus just going, oh, you know, like I'm the Lord. But 
It's funny. It's just, it's just trying to represent that he really was the Lord. I thought it was funny. Lula. But he would have just been a little baby like this. But this baby was Emmanuel, God with us. He's the incarnation, God in the flesh. It's amazing. Can you behold? Can you adore? Can you be in awe of the arrival of God in the flesh? And why it's amazing grace is because God came in the flesh not just to give us advice. He came to rescue us. And his grace is actually the gift, the undeserved gift of his love for us that we could step back into relationship with him as our sins that we're crippled by are dealt with through his work on the cross. So the wretches, crippled by sin, fragile, vulnerable, needy, can be restored to God because of his amazing grace and his coming for us in Jesus. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. How about we sing that now and I'll pray as the band's hopping back up. Why don't you bow your heads and pray with me. Father God, that you would love us enough to come and step into fragile, feeble, vulnerable, needy humanity, to become one of us in order to rescue us. Lord, help us be in awe of what you have done. Help us celebrate, help us worship, help us give the gifts of our lives towards honouring you, the one who has amazing grace for us. Amen? Amen.